Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon from the Action Network. This is our wide receiver one fantasy preview episode for 2023. Here to break it down with me, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Yeah, still recovering from our New York trip, uh, but ha- had a blast with everybody and uh, ho- hope you're doing good. Yeah, man. Been been traveling a lot this uh, this summer, just kind of going back and forth. Denver, New York, all these different places. I was in Hawaii, I was in Arizona for the Super Bowl. So I feel like I'm getting just running the gamut of domestic. <laughs> Take advantage travel. of this. I need to Take get advantage you, of it. You went to Spain though, so you you got out of the country. <laughs> you're you're a smart one. Yeah. Do you have anything else planned before the uh, season starts? We no, have like but a, that doesn't know, usually stop me because I'm a very last minute traveler. Uh, I, I'm mm. I'm not into logistics, so I just kind of it's like, oh, we got a few couple of days. I'll, let's just go somewhere. Like uh, I, sure. I don't mind picking up and going uh, anywhere, but. Uh, I'm also, I just hate logistics. So that's like, <laughs> I'm personally never, I'm not going to be the one yeah. to make these like big uh, plans ahead. That's just, that's just not me. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk uh, through the top 12 wide receivers in, in this episode. And then uh, we'll have two more wide receiver focused episodes, but I'd like to kind of talk through the, you know, these guys in terms of ADP, you know, um, you know, is that where they should be going or is it, are they, is it too high, too low and just anything else? Uh, that could kind of help people uh, in terms of how they're looking at these guys as they approach uh, their draft. So let's start right away with Justin Jefferson, uh, the wide receiver one, the number one overall pick. Uh, is is that justified? Should Justin Jefferson be number one or is there, you know, do you think people should be looking at like a, a running, a different position, number one? No, I think uh, Justin Jefferson should be the first overall pick. Uh, although it's not a slam dunk. Um, like I, I think you could – argue for like a McCaffrey here even yeah like like we said on the tight end episode Travis Kelsey I mean he's earned that right but I would go with Justin Jefferson you know 90% of the drafts fed the first pick 
Uh, and there's really nothing left to say with them. I mean, he's had a historic start to his career. He has, you know, the most receptions and receiving yards after the first three seasons of his career. Uh, now, granted, you know, he's had the extra game. Uh, but either way, you know, he's been one of the best receivers of all time in his first three seasons. So he deserves to be the number one overall pick just because wide receivers are a little less fragile than running backs. Um, you know, you can get uh, running back one late in the draft picking them up off the waiver wire. You can't really do that with wide receiver. It's very rare. Um, so I do like to lock in, you know, high end wide receiver value uh, early in my drafts and then just feel confident, especially, you know, in redraft leagues, being able to kind of get like a high upside backup or play the waiver wire. That's just something that's the luxury you don't have at receiver. So um, just having said that, that's, that's why Jefferson should be the number one overall pick in most formats. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he might not be done setting records. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, with like Adam Thielen gone, like I know, you know, a lot of people, I, I know you you like Jordan Addison, but, you know, there's still a chance that just more falls on mm-hmm. uh, on the plate of Justin Jefferson. So uh, with, with the way receiver is, it, it kind of sets up this year. I, I see a drop off earlier in that, you know, as you're kind of going wide receiver two to wide receiver three, um, there's just there's a lot of guys that could also fall out of that range. And then there's, I would say, a big drop off, you know, once you get outside that wide receiver three, like it's hard to get it's hard to get four quality wide receivers on your team. So I think if you if you do draft Justin Jefferson first overall, uh, you're in good position to do so. And, and I personally feel a lot more comfortable waiting at a position like running back or getting just, you know, one running back in the first five, six rounds. I like the value at running back two and running back three this year a lot more than I like it. Uh, you know, as we go down the board at wide mm-hmm. receiver. So uh, I think, you know, that that extends to the top. But beyond that, Justin Jefferson is just uh, an amazing, yeah. an amazing football player. Uh, you know, could he be challenged by a guy like Jamar Chase? Maybe Cooper Cup, maybe. But, you know, Cup is a year older. He's coming off injuries. Uh, you know, Chase is, is amazing, too. But Jefferson has been even better. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Jefferson, for my money, he should be the first pick and he should be the first overall pick. Because, like you mentioned, wide receivers just less fragile than running backs. You expect them to miss uh, fewer games, and and we've seen that with Justin Jefferson specifically in, in his in his career. He's been yep. ex- extremely durable, uh, played every single game in, in his career that uh, potentially he could have suited up for. So uh, number two is Jamar Chase, and I think the question there is you know how much of a gap is there between Chase and a guy like Jefferson, and does that invite you to then? look at a guy like Kelsey or look at a guy like McCaffrey over, over Chase. Or do you think Chase should still be that second overall? Yeah, I, I, I have Chase as my second overall uh, value, just because when, when you think about Jamar Chase, the, the sky is still the limit with him. You know, he's entering year three uh, and he's paired with a quarterback who's still entering his prime as well. And Joe Burrow, and, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the game. And these two have already had, you know, years of experience in college with each other. So this is still a situation, you know, I want to invest in, uh, you know, they did change up Chase's role a bit last year, you know, his a dot, uh, fell three yards last season to, uh, you know, closer to nine and a half. Um, so that allowed him to see more high percentage targets and just help give him a high weekly floor. Um, and he still has that massive upside as well. So I think that's actually helped, him out long-term um, and, and he's going to make it more consistent. So yeah, if, if I have the second overall pick and Justin Jefferson is off the board right now, uh, I'm taking Jamar chase. Yeah. Like chase. I, I, I think, you know, Cooper cup 
has the upside to, to finish higher than Chase. Um, you know, Tyreek yeah. Hill as well. But yeah, just because I, I, I love the talent enough, I think the floor is high enough that I'll t- I, you can, because you, again, you do not want to lose your draft. You can't yeah. win your draft in these first few rounds, but you can lose it because all these guys are going to have, you know, high ceilings, high medians, high floors uh, for the most part. Uh, maybe the, you know, maybe you would argue that a guy like Cup has a, could have a higher floor, but he's coming off an injury. And, and I still think the, the ceiling for Chase, I think the floors are all similar enough that the ceiling for Chase mm-hmm. uh, still, he still hasn't cr- scratched the surface, whereas Cup probably has. Um, but, you know, he is the wide receiver three, but, um, you know, he is 30 now. So that's, I think, the, the difference. Whereas Jamar Chase still entering his prime, uh, it's going to be his age 23 season. Uh, it's going to be Cup's age 30 season. So, do you you know, he's the wide receiver three, is Cup. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have him at wide receiver three? Do you like Tyreek Hill uh, more, or what are you doing with Cup? Yeah, no, I have I have Cup as the wide receiver three. Um, you know, last year he had that season-ending ankle injury in week 10, but up to that point he was wide receiver one in points per game. So he's still got it. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be 30, so he could start to decline. Um, it'll also be key for Matthew Stafford to stay healthy. But um, if Stafford's healthy, if Cup is healthy, he's absolutely still a top three receiver. Uh, and, you know, as you've talked about, uh, the, the Rams defense should take a huge step back this season. So it's going to force them into more pass heavy game scripts. So, yeah, I, I love Cooper Cup, you know, number three. He, he's my number three pick overall. You know, I'm I'm still drafting a receiver at number three um, before drafting running back. So I, I think he's still valuable. And just, you know, with Matthew Stafford, uh, I, I think I'm less concerned than other people, just him staying healthy this year. I think last year was kind of fluky. Also, all, all signs point to him being 100% starting the season, so that's key. Whereas, you know, a guy like Tyree Kill, um, we'll talk about that, but there's a little bit more concern about the quarterback situation. Um, but, yeah, right now, uh, Cooper Cup's my wide receiver three. Yeah, so let's talk about Tyree Kill. You know, yeah. so it, when you say concern about the quarterback situation, I'm assuming you're talking about – uh, you know, the, the health of yeah. Tua Tungavailoa, which I, I mean, you know, it's tough because it seems like, like if he gets, let's say he gets a concussion this year, like yeah. what happens? What happens? I, I don't know, but like there's a chance he could miss a handful of games, shut it down for the season. I mean, last year he mentioned that he was contemplating retirement. So that's, that's a huge concern. Unfortunate part of the game, obviously. So I think with, with that just underlying concern that hurts Tyreek Hill, it's it's just more of a clear path to a floor season for Tyreek Hill. Um, if Tua stays healthy, if Tyreek stays healthy, he absolutely has number one overall upsides. So, um, you know, it's it's not a knock on Tyreek Hill at all or Tua. It's just, you know, a legit concern that I have heading into the season. So that's why right now I have Tyreek Hill number four just because um, – Kind of, you mentioned it just when it comes to the first couple of rounds of the draft, you're just kind of avoiding disaster. And if, you know, if Tua gets a concussion early in the season, I'm very worried, you know, how that'll pan out. Um, and that that's a potential scenario that, you know, when you draft Tyreek Hill, you have to be, you know, taking on. Yeah. And listen, I think it, you know, they got Mike White to be the backup. So. Which I, helps. I, yeah. Yeah. He, I don't, but you know, they, so Tyreek actually averaged, about 13 yards per target with Teddy Bridgewater uh, on 24 targets last year. So like it, the backup, it wasn't the backup to Tua that really 
hurt Tyreek at any point, it was the backup to the backup. It was when you know, <laughs> yeah, the assistant yep. to the to the regional to the regional manager you know, <laughs> to, the, to the to the backup quarterback coming here and Skyra Thompson and Tyreek only averaged about five yards uh, per target with him and you know twenty targets there. So uh, I think that you know that's kind of the issue for you know for, for this offense or for Tyreek Hill in in particular. And, and I don't think that there's not usually a big likelihood that your number three quarterback is going to have to, you know, start right. that many games or appear that much. So uh, I will say that, you know, I know there's something, some legal issues going on that might be a bigger risk than anything with him. I mean, he's gotten into, you know, yeah. throughout his career, he's kind of gotten into some, some, some trouble and, and, and done some things that have gotten him in trouble with the law. So uh, that could be an issue. Uh, but um, out, outside of that, yeah, I think he's kind of in a tier by himself, you know, cup, I think he has that 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 upside to just be far and away the, the most targeted yeah. receiver in the game still. Tyreek Hill probably not going to be that. And Waddle could still be getting better too. That's another thing to keep in mind. Like last year, mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill was targeted, I believe it was 31% of his routes. And then Waddle was was it was in the low 20s. And you know, that could kind of converge a little bit too. So um I still think Ty- I mean he's so talented. Yeah. Uh, I still think he deserves to be here. But yeah, there's just a little more, a little more of a floor with him. Then I think the, the the top three guys, uh, wide receiver five is Stefan Diggs, another guy who I think there could be a little bit of a lower floor than people think because I think this Buffalo offense is going to kind of go to uh, a little bit more of a uh, uh, you know one two personnel two tight ends on the field might even try to run a little bit more and we remember Diggs has this like cryptic anger against <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know against the coaching staff when he came into camp and. I assume that was when he kind of saw some of the changes in the offense. I'm, I'm reading between the lines here. Yeah. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but it has been confirmed that they do want to do more one, two. That's why they drafted Kincaid. Uh, you know, so with that, I think comes uh, just a different kind of offense. And this Bill's team has been very pass heavy uh, over, over these last couple of years. So just something like that. And because Dick wasn't even out there every play um, they were, they, he was kind of playing, you know, he would sit about 15 of the pass snaps out, 15% yeah. per game. Uh, so it, sometimes he didn't even get the routes of a true number one wide receiver. Now he's so good. It really didn't matter, but um, mm-hmm. there are a couple of things that could squeeze him. So I actually have him a couple spots. Like I have see a guy like CD lamb in, in front of him this year. I'm curious to what you think about, about that. Yeah. I was going to say that, that he's, uh, he's not my wide receiver five. Uh, he's my wide receiver six. I, I would actually prefer CD lamb as well. Um, and this is the top of a tier. Um, you know, I think once Tyreek is off the board, that's sort of the end of the the tier one, tier two guys. Um, and then you kind of have a bigger tier here that, you know, I would absolutely love to have at the end of the first round. I think if Diggs were to fall to me at the end of the first round, I would take him. But, you know, like you mentioned, this this offense could be a little bit more run heavy this year, um, which would ding Diggs a bit. Um, plus, you know, Dix, he's going to be turning 30 towards the end of the season. I, I don't think he's going to de- decline at all, but he is getting up there. Um, but, you know, he has great chemistry with Josh Allen. Um, and, you know, his, his the season ended kind of rough for him. I think that's kind of the frustration heading into the season, just the way it ended, because uh, he had a target rate below 20% in three of the final four games. Um, and I kind of noticed him being, you know, frustrated about that on the field. That's kind of how he exited the Vikings, right? Yeah, like he, he was yeah, pretty yeah. vocal about it. Um, so he, he's done this before. So it is worth watching, uh, you know, heading into the season. But he, he's a rel- reliable guy, high floor guy. So getting him at the end of the first, like I said, that that's certainly part of my draft strategy. But 
you know, I have been able to get Lamb um, ahead of him. So that's ki- that's kind of the guy I've been gravitating to in this tier is CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, let's talk about Lamb. You know, he's the next up. Uh, love him. Uh, I think I, I'm fine with taking that that shot, even though he's, you know, going after Diggs. You know, I, I, I'm fine with kind of taking the shot that he's a top five receiver, you know, passing on Diggs uh, and taking him in spots because uh, I, I have him projected a, a little bit higher. He, every year of his career, he's jumped uh, about 10 yards per game, 58 as a rookie, 69 year two, uh, and then uh, 80 yards per game uh, in year three. And, you know, yes, they have Brandon Cooks now, but they do lose Dalton Schultz. Yep. Uh, I, I still think this is going to be a uh, a, a pass-friendly offense. You know, Dak Prescott has always kind of put up the numbers and, and always found CeeDee Lamb and um, you know, still, I, I think there's a double digit touchdown season in his range of outcomes. Still, he had hit nine last year. So five is rookie year, six year two, nine last year. I mean, the numbers have just been going up across the board and he's only 20. He's going to be 24. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is his 20, age 24 season. He turned 24 in, in April, I should say. So he's young enough to where he he might not be finished with these, you know, improving. So uh, I love me some uh, some CD Lamb this year. Yeah, and you know, like you said, he's entering year four. He's only twenty-four, uh, coming off his first hundred-plus reception season, and you know, like I said, heading into last season, it, it was his first post Amari Cooper season. That's that was the season we we're all waiting for when you know the Cowboys drafted him in the first round. They already had you know Amari Cooper. They had Michael Gallup. Uh, we always knew it was going to take him a few years to really erupt. And he did, and I don't think he's stopped, or I don't think he's finished yet. I think this year could be even better. Um, so, yeah, love getting C.D. Lamb uh, in this range. Again, getting him, like, at the end of the first round is, like, the ideal draft strategy for me this year. Yeah, love, love him. Uh, A.J. Brown, uh, he is the wide receiver seven. Um, you know, great season in his first year with Philadelphia. Didn't really uh, fall off, ended up putting up, uh, 1,496 yards. So he finally, you know, he's put up a thousand plus in three of his four years in the league, had his best year. He's 26. So entering, uh, his prime, uh, you know, what do you think about AJ Brown here? Uh, no, I love AJ Brown, you know, look, heading into last season, I'll be honest. I, I said, you know, he was going to unlock Jalen Hurts ceiling as opposed to his own, you know, I wasn't that high on AJ Brown. And I couldn't have been more wrong. You know, he set career highs in targets, receptions, yards, receiving touchdowns. So, I mean, he he was amazing in this offense. He ended up being the wide receiver seven in points per game. Could be even better um, in year two in this offense. But, you know, I have him more in this uh, fourth tier of wide receivers. Um, and they should be going after the, the giant tier two and running backs that we talked about are gone you know there's like six or seven running backs that are all ranked uh together you know from Bijan at rb3 to josh jacobs at rb9 i have them ranked really close so um you should really be getting one of these elite receivers we've been talking about uh already and then one of those like tier two running backs um you know after you get one of those top receivers or tight ends so aj brown's kind of the odd man out uh in my draft strategy in that regard he's going like early second round so you know, you're when you're taking him, you might be taking two receivers, which I can get behind. But I think that the thing that you should do is draft one of these like top six or seven wide receivers and then pair them up with a Derrick Henry, with a Nick Chubb. I think that's my preferred draft strategy. So just unfortunately, you know, A.J. Brown's kind of in that no man's land 
uh, where I'm not getting him, even though I do have him right here, right around wide receiver eight. Uh, he's, he's just not fitting into my draft strategy right now. Yeah, he actually projects his wide receiver 10 for me. So, but it's mm. not like a massive difference. Right. <laughs> and um, there's a there's a guy I'm a, a few spots higher on that we'll get to in a moment. Mm. Uh, but I don't really have a knock on AJ Brown. And I actually am drafting, like I'm I love get AJ getting AJ Brown as my number two wide receiver. And I've I've been doing that a lot more, you know, mm, just starting yeah. the, the drafts a lot more aggressively with wide receivers. Cause again, I just think, you know, there's a there are times where, you know, I know zero running back kind of popped up, you know, what was it, you know, five, six years ago, and it was like all the rage. And then slowly enough, the market's kind of adjusted. And, you know, now I, I think this year, just the way the the tiers are kind of setting up at running back and receiver. I think zero running back is coming back a little bit more as a viable strategy where, you know, I, if I can get AJ Brown as my wide receiver too, and I, I can get one of the top tight ends uh, and four of the top, you know, 30, 35 receivers, I'm fine with kind of just taking my shot on, you know, three of those running backs, you know, outside the top 25 and just, you know, hoping, yeah, you know, kind of hoping for the best, which is what you're doing, you know, you just whoever falls. So I don't mind. I don't really have a, a knock on AJ Brown. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think last year it's going to be tough to beat the numbers he put up last year. I, I will say that like 1,500, you know, nearly 1,500 yards, mm -hmm. uh, 11 touchdowns. You're going to probably see some natural regression from that. Devontae Smith is still improving. Goddard may not miss five games. Uh, you also have DeAndre Swift as more of a, uh, a pass catching threat. So really what we need is, you know, if the Eagles, if the volume goes up for, for the Eagles, uh, you know, it's it's better for Brown. But yeah, no, no, no knock on him. But uh, yeah, there are some guys that I'd still take over him. Uh, that that aren't being drafted as such. Uh, Devontae Adams is next up. He's been dropping. He's wide receiver eight. Uh, there's mm -hmm. concern. There, there's concern. You know, the Raiders, longtime quarterback, Derek Carr, they let him go. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And now we found out Garopp Garoppolo's, you know, not a lock to be healthy to start the year. I mean, big, you know, big, big, uh, big surprise there. But even if he <laughs> is, and they're saying they're not concerned, uh, in terms of you know, the Raiders brats is saying that, but Garoppolo doesn't usually play full seasons as it is. So there's still yeah. concern. And Adams has been quarterback proof in the past, but this offense it, it is, it's a different offense, you know? So we can't say mm -hmm. he'll necessarily, we can't necessarily, you know, say he will be in the future. Uh, I just haven't been getting good vibes, at, you know, out of Raiders camp all off season. So I, I see why the drop here, but do you think eight is a little too far? Or what, do, what are you doing with Devonte here? Well, it's tough. And again, it has nothing to do with him, but you know, this is, you know, we were talking about Diggs being a disgruntled wide receiver situation. This one's more concerning to me because there's a lot more reason <laughs> behind it. You know, he goes to Vegas to play with his buddy, Derek Carr, then they got rid of him. Um, and the quarterback situation is definitely a major concern um, heading in the season. Even if Jimmy G stays healthy, you know, they don't cut him because he doesn't pass the physical, th that sort of thing. It's still a concern because, you know, Adams already had chemistry with Derek Carr. So, you know, hit the, hit the ground running. Um, Jimmy G doesn't have chemistry with anybody. Uh, and, you know, the longer he's out, unable to practice, he's not going to be able to get it uh, with anybody heading into the season. So um, he he could spread the targets out a little bit more like Jacoby Myers might be a guy he targets more. So there's a lot more volatility just in general. Um, so while Devonte Adams has been QB proof his entire career, I mean, he was putting up, wide receiver one numbers with, you know, Brett Hundley under center on the Packers. I think this is a situation where I am concerned. Um, he's certainly still a top five talent, but uh, having said that he's yeah, right around here, the wide receiver eight, nine, but you know, the floor is very low. Uh, again, I, I don't know if you have any update on the Jimmy G 
you know, physical, but if he doesn't pass that, they could cut him and not spend a dime or something like that. And they just might rebuild. So that scenario would be very, very bad and probably land Adams outside my top 10. So again, in this point of the draft, I'm not really trying to roll the dice on anything. So just given that he does also have a, a scenario that could really lower his floor, uh, I'm, I've been kind of staying away from him now until we get a little bit more clarity on the Jimmy G situation. Yeah, and we still we still don't have clarity. I think it's, you know, we're talking about a guy passing a physical with an injury or, you know, so I don't think we get clarity until he takes the physical again. And, and maybe, he, I don't know how that works. Like, is he taking physicals and failing them in the meet? I don't know what's going on exactly, <laughs> yeah. how that works. Um, I'm guessing there's just probably a, a physical, uh, you know, plan for whenever they think he's going to pass it next. I haven't heard any update on that mm-hmm. yet, uh, but I agree. Uh, at the same time, I, I think, you know, Devontae Adams at wide receiver eight. Uh, you know, we mentioned a guy like A.J. Brown might be going a little high too. So, you know, Brown at wide I mean, Adams, excuse me, at wide receiver eight. There is some buy low kind of appeal there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, falling that low because, yeah, his floor could be a little lower than uh, than, than it has been in the past, but uh, it's still going to be higher than, you know, he, he's, I think he still has like a top eight, top eight floor. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to buy low on spots. Again, I, I think it's really comes down to, uh, I like being aggressive at the wide receiver position. So uh, I'm, I'm willing to kind of uh, just kind of stack these guys up, you know, with, even though they might not rank exactly where they're going in ADP, like I might have Devontae Adams wide receiver nine. I still wouldn't mm-hmm. uh, hesitate to take them uh, in a lot of spots. You know, I, I, I just think wide receiver drafting wide receiver early is, is, is going to be a valuable yeah. strategy this season just based on just again just based on the, the drop-offs pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely but when it comes to a great shave you don't have to shell out tons of cash harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced underperforming products and decided to do something better they found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands so you never wonder if you overpaid Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is the wide receiver nine. I actually have him wide receiver seven. I really like him this year. Always have. I just think he's a guy. He's one of those guys that could lead the league in receptions. Uh, he's he's not really going to have a massive competition for targets in Detroit. I mean, you're you're looking at the number two target for Detroit could be at running back. Could be 
Jameer Gibbs. You know, then you have Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds. Those are and, and even Jamison Williams. Those could be kind of lower percentage route running route runners. Laporta, who who we both like uh, at tight end, is still a rookie. So I mean, yeah. I just think league leader in targets, league leader in catches, uh, is distinctly within the possibility for Amon Ra. And we we expect this offense to take a, another step forward. You know, with Jared Goff, uh, you know, kind of coming into his own here. And I think that Lions have a pretty good schedule as far as opposing defenses. So I actually like Amon Ra above some of the other guys we've just talked about. Uh, how are you feeling about him? Yeah, he's honestly, he's about as safe as it gets in this range. You know, we have the concerns about Diggs, about, uh, you know, Brown to a lesser extent, but, you know, Adam certainly. But Brown has a super high floor. You know, you mentioned he he saw a target on 30% of his routes, which only trailed Tyreek Hill, um, and he had a 77% catch rate, which is right around where you expect a guy uh, that season A dot like closer to 6.7. So that's going to make him extremely reliable, maybe at expense of his ceiling. But like you said, he could lead the league in receptions because while I do like Sam Laporta, he is replacing TJ Hawkinson and he's not quite that level uh, yet. So, you know, I, I think Amon Ra could actually see an increase <laughs> in target share this year. And, you know, yeah. Jameer Gibbs, He's a legit pass catching back, but he is replacing uh, DeAndre Swift, who saw a high target rate. So uh, it all evens out. And, you know, I think Amon Ra uh, will only be better this year. So, yeah, even just when it comes to touchdowns, he's not really a guy, you know, I'm expecting a 10 plus touchdown season. But, you know, they they had a lot of rushing touchdowns um, around the goal line last year with Jamal Williams. Um, and even if Jamal Williams were there, um, you know, I would expect a couple more of those to go to the passing game. So, Amon Ra could see a couple more, you know, end zone targets as a result. So that that could help, you know, raise his ceiling a bit uh, is in the touchdown department. So, yeah, there's really no holes to poke in uh, Amon Ra's St. Brown's uh, game heading into uh, his third season. Yeah, I, I can't find any. I, I, I really think in, you know, I, I haven't I got to look at the futures markets. I'm sure he's pretty high up there. But, yeah, I think reading the league and catches uh, and targets is, is squarely within his range of outcomes yeah. uh, this season. Garrett Wilson entering year two is the wide receiver 10. Uh, what do you think about him going from, what was it? Uh, Zach Wilson, Mike White, and, uh, you know, just just poverty at quarterback to, to Aaron Rodgers. Well, Mike White was fairly cool. Uh, he was decent. But, yeah, just a terrible situation. And, you know, I mentioned it with the running backs. Just, you know, all three running backs were in, like, the bottom five and catchable balls last year. And, you know, the, the one common theme is, the quarterback situation and Garrett Wilson was also impacted as well. You know, 31% of his targets were uncatchable last year, according to sports info solutions, which was the fourth highest at receiver. So having a future hall of famer like Aaron Rodgers will certainly take care of that. Um, which is why I'm just super high on Garrett Wilson. Like every day I'm, you know, crunching more numbers or looking into it. Uh, I love him even more. So I, I think where he's going, especially, um, you know, at the end of the second round, that's that's kind of where I think you should be taking this tier receiver. I'm a little bit higher, but um, I love where he's going in the draft as well at wide receiver 10. But, you know, he he has legit top five upside. Um, you know, if he and Aaron Rodgers can build chemistry early in the season, um, that's going to be massive because we saw that throughout Rodgers career. And like a guy like Christian Watson last year, once they got on the same page, you know, he was scoring more touchdowns than anybody. So I think Garrett Wilson has all the talent. Uh, he showed that last season with shitty quarterbacks, 
But, you know, if you were to click with Aaron Rodgers, it's game over. So I just love, love getting him at wide receiver 10 right now. Yep. Uh, you know, look at a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, who we just talked about. Year one, his target per route rate was about 22%. Year two, it jumped up to 29%. And that's something mm. you routinely see with these, you know, day one, day two uh, picks and just these talented guys in general. So uh, year one to year two, you know, especially we've always seen Aaron Rodgers top receiver it's, it's been Devonte adams a lot of the time but you know even last year you know christian watson was targeted on 24 percent of his routes from rogers you don't think of watson as like a high necessarily a high target per route rate guy so yeah. you know i th- I think rogers is going to force feed wilson uh obviously he's still got his boy lazard there uh as well but uh wilson is just too talented and he has essentially a massive target hug uh oh and by the way this guy rarely came off the field uh, down the stretch, mm-hmm. playing about 96, 97% of the snaps over his last 10 games. So we like that even more, you know, this guy, unless he catches like a, a 50 yard bomb and it's not a touchdown and he doesn't need a breather. Like he's probably not ever coming off the field. So uh, yeah, I think it's all upside with, uh, with Garrett Wilson. Uh, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 11. What, what do you think of him? You know, is he still on the upswing? Because, I know we were worried a little bit about him last year with a guy like Tyreek Hill coming in and turns out that Hill was able to be targeted over 30% of his routes uh, and Waddle still managed an extremely productive season uh, targeted on 22% of his routes. Now that was down about 2% from his rookie year, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's guys still tend to make these jumps uh, in terms of, of, of efficiency year two to year three as well. So, you know, what do you think about Waddle? Are we just going to kind of see more of the same? And is that even a bad thing uh, (laughs) considering how good he was last year? Yeah, definitely not a bad thing. And, uh, you know, to be fair, I was a bit down on Waddle last year. I I just didn't know this offense was going to be as potent as it was. But this year I'm in line with him um, in ADP. He's my wide receiver 11. Um, And it's just a combo of, you know, just, Mike McDaniels and the scheme and and Tua playing a lot better. Uh, and it left just Jalen Waddle wide open over the middle of the field, just constantly last year. And we saw his A dot go up over five and a half yards from his rookie season. His rookie season was really weird, where just everybody was hurt. So they were just peppering with targets at, at the line of scrimmage. But last year, you know, they got to open it up a bit with Tyreek there. Uh, so, you know, he led the NFL with 18.7 yards per catch. So I would be more than happy if he stays in that role. And, you know, as you mentioned, uh, with Tyreek Hill having a pretty high target share around 30% and, you know, Waddle closer to 20%, um, if that, you know, narrows this year, you know, the sky's the limit for Waddle as well. So um, the Dolphins are certainly a top heavy offense where both these receivers should be in the top 12, you know, after getting rid of Gasicki, even last year, just they're completely punting on the tight end position. So it's just one of those things where it's a very top heavy target uh, offense where just Waddle and Tyreek are going to get most of the targets. So I think that Waddle himself does have a high four, high ceiling combo, even though he is technically the number two receiver in their offense, but I still like him at wide receiver 11. Yeah. I mean, the talent there, you know, it's, it's, he's at this point, especially given the offense season, he's a poor man's Tyreek Hill at this point, you know, he's, yeah. he's the target rate is going to be a little lower, but you know, in terms of the speed and the breakaway ability and, and the, and the ability to threaten deep, I mean, his rookie year, you know, to your point, he only had four catches uh, on passes of 20 yards or more uh, on 19, uh, I mean, excuse me, on 12 targets for 141 yards, no touchdowns on such passes. Last year, that that jump, you know, he's got 10 catches for 340 
nine and three touchdowns on passes 20 yards or more, according to PFF. So as long as he's still kind of in that role uh, where he's going to, he's still going to do his thing intermediate, uh, you know, some stuff short, but I think the fact that he's getting deep targets uh, as well really opens it up for him. Cause you, you know, a guy getting, you know, 20 plus percent target share, that's also can be productive down the field. Uh, good things are going to happen. So yeah, like, like Waddle here, uh, at wide receiver 11, uh, and then T Higgins is the wide receiver 12. Uh, what are you seeing with him, uh, this year? Well, T Higgins is always my guy. Uh, love him. And if there's, if there's, you know, two offenses that could port two uh, wide receiver ones, it's the Bengals and Dolphins. Um, so I, I have T Higgins as my wide receiver 12. Um, and you know, he, he missed a few games last year due to injury, but he was still, you know, the wide receiver 11 in terms of points per game. So I think he's definitely, you know, a low end wide receiver one, but this probably does honestly represent close, you know, his ceiling, um, just because Jamar chase, uh, you know, I mentioned his, his a dot dropped three and a half yards last year. So they're just, you know, they're feeding Jamar chase even more. And unfortunately that, that leaves Higgins with just a bit less in terms of volume, but um, he's still talented. We could see him break out in terms of touchdowns and really go off there. But uh, I, I do think this is closer to his ceiling. So I'm not getting him as much here. You know, you can get like Olave a few picks later, um, who I have ranked, you know, similarly. So uh, he's sitting on top of like a, you know, a five way tier here. So while I do have Tiggins ranked, you know, wide receiver 12, I just don't get him too much because I typically wait, get a guy similar, uh, you know, the next round. So uh I'm ranked similar to ADP. I'm just not getting much uh, Higgins. It's based on my draft strategy right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a little more of it. And, and best ball, I love it because you can, there's spots where you can uh, get Chase and Higgins and kind of do that, you know, Bengal stack. It's pretty expensive. And then get Burrow. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, you know, there is uh, in, in best ball, you do want to try to stack, especially with those large fields, larger field uh, tournaments, you know, to win. Uh, so I do like it there. And I, like I said, I am drafting wide receiver pretty aggressively. So I'm getting quite a big bit of Higgins. Uh, don't think he's out of line in terms of where he's going. Uh, I think I should have DK Metcalf with one spot ahead of him, but mm. it, it's, it's all, uh, you know, these guys, Higgins, uh, Waddle Higgins, uh, Devonte Smith, Olave, Keenan Allen, they're all in that same range for me where it's more about me getting one of those guys in you know wherever i'm drafting and then stacking it up and getting as many as possible more than uh differentiating between you know between any of them in that specific tier i, I think yeah i think the the floor ceiling combination for all of them is pretty similar it's just going to come down to things like you know touchdown luck missed games things like that but um you know guys like metcalf uh allen i, I do think you know they're like jamar chase is unquestionably going to be the number one receiver yeah. um whereas you know Higgins is so that means Higgins is probably unquestionably the number two. So mm -hmm. you know, in spots, will, will I mix in an Allen or a Metcalf or somebody like that? If I if if their ADPs are in in similar spots, yes. But a lot of times, um, you can you know I'm getting Higgins and then just still trying to get other guys I have ranked you know similarly rather than fading Higgins if if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is where the draft opens up. Um, just backtracking, like if I'm looking at my overall rankings, it's like the top 12 are like all receivers. So I'm usually drafting a receiver on one um, round two. I have like all running backs. So usually I get a running back round two. This is round three where it's like, you could draft a quarterback here and I wouldn't hate it. You can get Mark Andrews again, if you want to just settle the tight end position 
or, you know, your first or second running back, but it really opens up. So if you're, if you are still aggressive at receiver, you can still get a good one here with like a Higgins, Olave, Devonta Smith, DK, like you said. Um, so that round three is really where I think the draft opens up and you can go any direction. And it kind of depends on how you attacked, you know, the first couple rounds. But um, yeah, just the fact that you can get these receivers in round three just shows, you know, how deep it is, but how important it is to lock up receiver early. Like if I get out of round four, I better have two receivers. Like that's, that's my yeah. plan. So it's, you just really have to get these guys early because, you know, we'll talk about the next pod, but you know, they go quick and then that's it. And then it's, it's really hard to find value later on and hit home runs because this position is usually top heavy and you can't, you know, bank on getting a wide receiver one at the end of the draft or on the waiver wire, like you can at say like running back or sometimes even tight end. So I think it's just absolutely critical uh, to target wide receiver early and often. Yeah. There's only so many guys that are going to, you know, get you know, targeted on 20 plus percent of their routes and be efficient uh, yeah. with, with that. And, you know, it, it kind of drops off quick. You know, if, if a lot of times if, if guys, if the team's number one wide receiver goes down, the targets just kind of flatten out. Exactly. Whereas at, at running back, and, and like I said, even in the running back two, three tier, I think there's a lot of flyers you could take that have that RB one upside. So uh, yeah, if I if I'm getting Higgins as my tight uh, my wide receiver one, I'm probably disappointed. If I get him as my wide receiver two, uh, I'm thrilled. Yep. So uh, that is the, yeah, that's gonna do it for the for the top twelve at receiver. Uh, we'll be back next week to break down the the rest of the wide receivers. We'll do two more episodes on that kind of one on the wide receiver two tier, one on the wide receiver three uh, and beyond tier. So be sure to check out that. Uh, the, our running back episodes are already up right here on the fantasy flex channel also got our tight end episode up uh and be sure to check our rankings out uh they're up right now at actionnetwork.com or 2023 fantasy rankings so be sure to check those uh and you can find sean on twitter at the underscore oddsmaker, me at chris raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app uh, until next time let's get this money Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.